You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and everywhere. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It is our scouting report day for the San Francisco 49ers. And we've had, you know, a fair amount of discussion so far uh, this week. But I think a game certainly of this magnitude is one that that absolutely deserves our full attention. And I want to talk about a number of different things on the show today, including that scouting report. But I want to start with something that Aaron Rodgers said. And Aaron Rodgers talked about the game and the matchup. And he was asked a number of different times in a number of different ways about the magnitude of this game and what is on the line. And I thought he put it really succinctly. Here's what he said uh, the first time he was asked. Uh, The way I look at it, we got to beat them once at their place Um, at some point. It'll be nice to do it, uh, do it now. And um, they're a good football team, though. They've had a, you know, a great start to the season. Very well coached, both sides of the ball, and um, I think they've uh, taken care of business at home the entire season too. So it's going to be a tough test. And then this was a concept he brought up again, and and, and I think it's really particularly interesting in in a broader context. This idea of well, we got to beat them there. Anyway, we're all aware of where we're at uh, in you know the seating going into week 12 and what's in front of us and the opportunities. Um, you know, there's still a lot of football to be played and a lot can happen. Um, I think you know you're just in denial if you don't think about the implications uh, with a, you know a, a dub or an L this week and, and how that affects uh, stuff down the line. That's what I said. You know, we, we the way we look at it, we're going to have to win there one time uh, the rest of the year. It'd be nice to to get it done this week. And this is intuitive, right? If, if you have to beat them in San Francisco, do it now. And and so, well, why, right? Why do you have to beat them in San Francisco? Well, if you lose this game, then the number one seed, it's not that it's gone, but the the likelihood drops considerably. It, it essentially opens the door for New Orleans to get that number one seed because at the very least, New Orleans hosts San Francisco. And so because Green Bay and New Orleans don't play, then you don't have a head-to-head matchup and maybe they finish with the same divisional record and the San Francisco win-loss exchange could be the difference between the number one seed and the number two seed. And, you know, it, it, there are a lot of different factors here that could come into play. Because what's more, if you lose, you could end up with the three seed and San Francisco with the two seed. And then even if you win your first round game, you probably have to go to San Francisco, right? And if you want to win the Super Bowl, you got to beat them. 
So you got to beat him one of these times. That is, it is so succinct and leave it to Aaron Rodgers, one of the smartest quarterbacks we've ever seen, who thinks about the game in ways that that we've really, you know, never seen. I mean, I don't even think that's hyperbole. He thinks about the game in ways that that we've never seen a quarterback view it and think about it. And it, it just, for all the machinations out there about the playoffs and and what what one win means versus another, and okay, if they win these games, what about if they win these games? And, and the pressure of winning in San Francisco and winning in Minnesota, and what does that mean for the big picture? It's really... As simple as if you win this game, you put yourself in a position to not have to go play in San Francisco again. And it's not a guarantee, but you win this game, okay? And you're nine and two. So is San Francisco. From that moment, every game is a de facto playoff game with the 49ers because any game that you lose and they win, you lose ground. This is not groundbreaking stuff. Pardon the pun. If you finish with the same record, you know, let's say you win this game and you finish 14 and 2. Awesome record, right? Well, it's not an awesome record if you're San Francisco and you're 14 and 2 because you lost to the Packers and you are a 14 and 2 2 seed. That is brutal. Imagine winning 14 games and being the two seed because you lost the head-to-head matchup with the Packers. So you win this game. Every game after that, every game that you win and they win, you are ahead if you're the Green Bay Packers. That is a huge advantage. It's the same as, as the advantage Green Bay has in the division. Because not only do they have the head-to-head win, they have an extra division win. Minnesota has two division losses. Green Bay has just the one. And so having that extra game win, not just in the in the win column, having that extra game provides you a little bit of a buffer. So if you're Green Bay, you beat San Francisco. That affords you the option to lose to Minnesota. Now, if you lose to Minnesota, there's all sorts of of weird tiebreakers and things can get really crazy. You know, if Green Bay wins out but loses to Minnesota, what does that mean? Well, it depends on what happens with Minnesota. If Minnesota wins out, then they would get in. And, and that is, I think, too complicated for us to worry about at this juncture. And that is something that Aaron Rodgers also points out. You know, there's a, there's a different challenge. He said there's a different mental challenge of every game. And there's going to be two games where he said the media is going to assume you should win and you end with three straight divisional games and then you have the San Francisco game. Each game presents a different type of challenge for the Packers. No question. And and that's true of any week in the NFL. And if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're a leader on this team, you have to say stuff like that because you don't want, you know, let's say you go and beat San Francisco. Let's just say. You don't want to let down against a bad Giants team that you now feel you know you are way above because guys on that team are still NFL players. They still get paid millions of dollars to play, and they can still beat you. I know it's Daniel Jones. I, I know the Giants are bad. I know they're banged up, but 
they still have NFL players. There's still 53 professional players on that roster. And you can lose any week. So you have to bring the focus every week. But this is a playoff game in this specific way. If you beat San Francisco this Sunday, you probably don't have to go back to the Bay Area. San Francisco's schedule is brutal to close. They still have to go to Seattle. They have to go to New Orleans. They have to play Baltimore. I mean, there are there are a bunch of games that they could lose. And I think I think this the 49ers are a good team. I mean, some of their fans were annoyed with the the way that I came off on the crossover show in, in uh, with with Locked On 49ers with Brian Peacock. Because I was confident in the Packers. I feel really good about this matchup and and maybe too good if you're a superstitious kind of person. I feel like the reason I feel good is because I've done the work. I've I've watched the tape. I've looked at the stats, I've looked at the matchups, and I've I've watched every snap, every play of this of this team over the course of the season like four times, five times in some cases. And you know, I, this this is this is how the NFL works. The Packers are good and the 49ers are good, but it's about the matchups. And the team that exploits their matchup advantage because no team, no matter how good, against any team, no matter how bad, has a matchup advantage at all 22 spots and in every facet. It just doesn't It doesn't generally happen. I mean, I guess it could. It, it's pretty rare. And when you have two teams, you've got a 9-1 team against an 8-2 and two team. Each team has some advantages. I like Green Bay's advantages because of what they mean. I like when you're the Packers and you're playing a defense that relies on pressure that you are the number one pass-blocking team in football. I like when you are an elite pass-rushing defense and you're going up against an offensive line that's banged up, that's given up pressures, and a quarterback who, under pressure, will turn the ball over, coupled with a defense that creates turnovers. I like that, to, to paraphrase Kirk Cousins. I do like that. I think there is no more important matchup than how your quarterback, your offensive line, and the opposing defensive front slash secondary matchup. There is no more important matchup. And I like what Green Bay can bring to bear in this game, which is why I like the Packers on Sunday. And if you like the Packers, why don't you put a couple dollars on at my bookie because during Thanksgiving week, my bookie is offering a risk free bet on the Bears Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats, you've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations as well because my bookie will give you your money back. It's a no brainer because you literally, literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports? But you have a lot of questions. Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part, if you join on Thanksgiving, you still have that one shot to take advantage of their awesome sign-up offer. Go to mybookie.ag, make your first deposit with promo code locked on, and they will match your first deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart that bankroll. And that's on top of that risk-free bet. Let me repeat, a guaranteed deposit match Bonus and a risk-free Thanksgiving bet. What more could you possibly be looking for? 
What are you waiting for? Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code locked on, get that dollar for dollar deposit bonus and that free Thanksgiving bet because at mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Let's start with the 49ers defense because we started with the 49ers offense yesterday, talked about, you know, the the run offense and and all of that stuff. So the 49ers defense. They are second in DVOA, second behind only the Patriots, no longer in that historical overall company, but historic as a pass defense. And if you want evidence, I know that that a lot of you get upset when I talk about, you know, run defense not being particularly important. They are the number two total defense in football, number two in passing behind the Patriots. They're 19th in rushing, 19th. That's that's a a below average run defense, and yet they are an awesome defense overall because run defense doesn't matter as much. They are the number one defense in adjusted sack rate. That is good, very good. They're also the number one defense in three and outs. That's a that's a problem for the Packers because Green Bay has one of the um, most inconsistent. Offenses in that they are they are a team that when they have the ball they're they're efficient overall, and the drives that they have they are efficient, but they they go three and out a little too often, and and by a little I mean a lot. I mean they're in the bottom, you know, the bottom third of the league in three and outs, and that's a problem. They're also San Francisco is the number one red zone defense. It just so happens Green Bay is the number one red zone offense, so not. A huge problem there. Here's the thing. Here's where you can attack San Francisco. That run game, the 19th rushing unit, they're 18th in adjusted line yards and 26th in second level defense. And what does that mean? Well, when you break that first level of the defensive line, you get into the secondary, you get into the linebackers. The Cardinals did a great job. When they when they broke the that line of scrimmage area, in space, they were able to pick up extra yards. And I think this is something Green Bay can do. They can take advantage of. They're really good at this. They're really good at this. Aaron Jones is awesome. Aaron Jones on a linebacker is death for a defense. Even linebackers as athletic as San Francisco has because they're not big. They get swallowed up by opposing offensive linemen. You get Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, David Bakhtiari, these guys out there, Billy Turner. That guy's huge. Get him out there on a linebacker, and you can really do some damage. Get in 11 personnel, shotgun runs. And then in big personnel, go big, double running backs, two tight ends, whatever it is, and go play action and throw it because no team runs zone more often than San Francisco. They do mix a fair bit of man coverage, but play action is the way to get Guys moving in the wrong direction with their eyes on the ball, their eyes on the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in football at manipulating defenders with his eyes and in zone coverage. That's what you need. It just so happens that Green Bay has to pass protect because this is a true 4-3 defense. Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, uh, they can all get after you. Now, D. Ford didn't practice. We didn't talk about this at the top, but the, the 49ers are a banged-up group. A ton of key players didn't practice on Wednesday. Now I didn't I didn't really bring it up because, you know, by Friday it could all change. Wednesday is often a veteran rest day. Guys who are banged up, 
This is going to be their third game in 13 days coming up on Sunday. So it could just be uh, rest from the 49ers saying, look, you know, we know these guys have, have really overexerted themselves and we don't want to get crazy with their reps in practice and so they're not going to practice. Maybe that's what happened. You can move this front, though, off the line. 18th in adjusted line yards, 19th in pressure rate. That is a fascinating stat to me. And that was something we talked about last week with Carolina. Carolina was great at creating sacks, not great at creating pressure. The 49ers are the same way. They are awesome at creating sacks. Not so consistent at creating pressure. How much of that is the quarterbacks that they faced? This dovetails with something we talked about earlier in the week. They played a bunch of bad quarterbacks and bad offenses. Is it easier to create sacks against those guys even when you're not creating as consistent a pressure? I think so. Now we'll see. Arizona's plan was to get to the edge. A lot of screens, a lot of tosses. Try and 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 not go straight at them, but get to the edges. And then they, they mix it up. They, they did a really good job of saying, we're going to we're going to stress you in every possible fashion horizontally vertically and and make you guys run sideline to sideline San Francisco though defensively with their defensive backs they're they're going to give a lot of Packer fans some some Seahawks PTSD because they are they're like do you remember the Rick Pitino Louisville Cardinal basketball team you probably don't Maybe you do. If you're if you're a Big East basketball fan, I went to Syracuse, so you know a little Big East basketball. They okay for for my Big Ten basketball fans. This is true of Michigan State too. If you foul on every play, the refs don't call it. If you're the Seahawks and you interfere and illegal contact and all that's every play, they're not going to call it. They're not going to call it every play. And that's what this defense does. That's what this defense is. They want to be physical with you, not just at the line of scrimmage, but down the field and then at the catch point. So guys like Devontae Adams, guys like Alan Lazard, the the big physical guys that Green Bay has, this has to be their week. Because guys like MVS who cannot make contested catches, every catch in this game is going to be contested. And whether legally or illegally. And so you have to be able to make those plays. Now, that's not quite true because one thing I noticed against Arizona in particular was... They had issues on play action, especially with guys running across the middle of the field. If if you can attack the middle of the field against this defense, you can have some success. And I thought Arizona should have done it a little bit more. But you know that all that said, the Cardinals went up sixteen nothing last week. Sixteen nothing. Christian Kirk was open all day. They just couldn't quite get it to him. And when Richard Sherman has to run in man coverage, yeah, he's still Richard Sherman, but he can't he can't really run. With someone like Christian Kirk. That means with someone like Devontae Adams, he's going to have trouble staying with him deep. He certainly can't run with MVS deep. So that's something to watch as we as we move into this game because neither of the cornerbacks. I mean, you look at uh, Akella Willerspoon and Richard Sherman. They're both huge. You know, they're both 6'2", 6'3", but neither of them can run like the Packers receivers can run. Give Lazard and MVS and Devontae opportunities and they can win over the top. It's just tough with this pass rush. So if you can create that time 
and manufacture that time a little bit, a good run game, play action, keep those pass rushers guessing about what's coming. Don't be predictive by formation. You have an opportunity to to really get after them. Kyler killed them with his feet. And that was true in in a lot of the RPO stuff, the zone read stuff that they were doing as a scrambler. He also ran into some sacks. And some ultra conservative calls late cost them the game. You know, they fumbled twice in the final few minutes to, to lose this game. They really should have won. I mean, they, they got the ball back, you know, inside of, of four minutes left and ran it three straight times with a lead and, and gave it back to San Francisco, gave up the lead and ultimately lost. They, they could have been more aggressive and, and won the game, and they didn't. And, and that was not because San Francisco's defense was awesome. It wasn't. Um, they did what they had to do, and they created turnovers at the end of the game to put them in a position to win, a better offense. And this is the point that I've been trying to make about San Francisco playing better offenses. A better offense, a veteran quarterback, a, a better play caller, a team with more skill players, a team with a better offensive line may have closed this game out and maybe the 49ers are 8-2 and two instead of 9-1 and one, heading to face Green Bay. Before we finish up, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find all of these offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Offensively for the 49ers. Uh, you know, I tweeted this number out, but they, they are not as good offensively as I think Kyle Shanahan gets credit for. And that's not to say Kyle Shanahan doesn't deserve credit. He absolutely does. It is more about some of the flaws that this team has, and they start, for me at least, with Jimmy Garoppolo. This is the 16th ranked offense by DVOA, 13th in passing, 21st in rushing. That is... Not great. I mean, it's just not good. It's below average. This is a below average run offense. That is crazy to think from a Kyle Shanahan team that rushes the second most frequently in the league. That's part of the reason they're inefficient. It's part of the reason why their their total yardage looks great is because they do it a lot. <laughs> you know? If if you if you run it 30 times a game and average four yards per carry. You're going to have more yards than a team that runs it 15 times a game but averages six yards a carry. One is significantly more efficient than the other. And that's the case right now with San Francisco. Now, you also look at some of their pass blocking numbers. I don't think add up because Joe Staley is is not in the game. Justin School in there. Mike McGlinchey has struggled. Um, they are 10th in adjusted line yard, which means they're actually doing better in the run game than their their numbers indicate, which maybe says something about their running backs. Seventh in adjusted sack rate. First in pressure rate allowed, which I'm kind of shocked by, frankly. Uh, and and I wonder if that's Jimmy Garoppolo's just ability to, to throw in the face of pressure or his willingness to do that. I don't know about ability. His willingness to do that. Uh, but the 49ers receivers struggle to get separation on their own. Debo Samuel didn't practice on Wednesday. Emmanuel Sanders didn't practice on Wednesday. Emmanuel Sanders is for sure hurt. Whether or not he can play is a question. I think Debo Samuel is going to go. Um, Emmanuel Sanders has a, a rib cartilage injury, which just sounds brutal. Sounds painful. And the other receivers for San Francisco, they just don't trust. 
I mean, Kendrick Bourne. What is a Kendrick Bourne? He is playing over Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin. I mean, that's crazy. Dante Pettis barely plays. Uh, we talked about that with Brian Peacock yesterday. Goodwin played just 30% of the snaps on Sunday, and part of that is because uh, Manuel Sanders was hurt. One thing they do awesome. They are a great screen team. They have a couple different throwback screens, play action into screens. A lot of what Green Bay does, and Matt LaFleur said this at his press conference yesterday, Kyle Shanahan taught Matt LaFleur the way to see the game. That's what makes this week particularly interesting because you have the self-scout. And so I think the way that Matt LaFleur would attack this Mike Patton defense is the way Kyle Shanahan would attack this Mike Patton defense. And so to have the self-scout come on a week where the the offensive coach who is self-scouting your defense is very similar to the coach who is actually scouting your defense, it just worked out really well for Green Bay. Now, the tight end thing is something that I know that a lot of fans are worried about. Um, George Kittle didn't practice on Wednesday. Multiple injuries, ankle and knee that he's dealing with. Now, the Cardinals just forgot to cover Ross Dwelly. I mean, they turned Ross Dwelly into George Kittle. So, you know, it's not like if Kittle doesn't play, they don't have anyone to go to. This offense is built for tight ends. And so Green Bay, who is 18th in DVOA against tight ends, is going to have to find an answer. One of the reasons they're so good is they're excellent in play action, the sixth most uh, play action usage in the NFL. A lot of run after catch because Shanahan is excellent at creating space and yards. Uh, they they did, after they went down 16-0, scored 17 straight. And they did it because of the screen game, uh, mesh, crossers. If You better be ready for the crossing routes. Th- those have killed Green Bay all year, and they have to hope that the, the self-scout opportunity gave them the chance to figure out at least a plan for that. And, and they have something ready for this here. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo not afraid to make throws with pressure. That doesn't always bode well for him. He can throw it to the wrong team. Had two t- interceptions against the Cardinals. One was off a tip, but it was off a tip off a bad throw. I mean, way behind the receiver, the tip allows the safety to make the interception. Another interception. Both of them, by the way, were in plus territory. Both of them caught in the red zone. I think the second one not technically from the red zone. They weren't inside the 20. But, you know, still in in scoring position. And the first one, he just never sees the linebacker. And the linebacker is, like, not that far outside his field of vision. So, really, really not a great thing. Uh, He is going to give Green Bay opportunities. It's not quite Jay Cutler where, like, yeah, he's going to, you know, Jay's going to give us some opportunities. But he is going to give them some opportunities. And you, you have to be ready. Now, you also have to be ready. Kyle Shanahan is a special play caller. He has special play calls for certain situations. The, the, the touchdown that won them the game was a, a special. They put in the running back, Jeff Wilson, for one play. They thought they were going to get one particular scheme and coverage. They got it. It was Chandler Jones on the running back, and they score, and they win. So you have to be situationally adept to deal with this team, and I think Green Bay is going to have a good plan. I think they're going to get out to a lead, and I think it's going to be too much for San Francisco to overcome I don't have a score in my in my mind yet. I think San Francisco is going to have issues scoring. Um, maybe maybe they get a little bit better in the second half, make some adjustments. But I think Green Bay wins. Like I said, I, I'm going to reserve the right to make a final call on Friday. But I like Green Bay in this game. 
I, I it is as good as I have felt about a matchup in in a while, specifically because I think this is very similar to what they did against Minnesota. If you want a blueprint for this game, it's Minnesota. Use your your both your running backs. Use a little bit of tempo early. Create some turnovers. Create some pressure. Obviously, you know, look, creating turnovers and creating pressure is the plan every week. But I think they can do it against a, a leaky offensive line and a quarterback who is prone to bad decisions in the face of pressure. So that's where I am with this this game for now, and it'll be where I am tomorrow as well. Our live show is tomorrow on Periscope, 4 Central, 5 East Coast time. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. To get that, you can go follow me. Same same at on on Periscope if you want to find that. Same at, same at on Instagram if you want to find that too, frankly. Um, and then it'll be on as a podcast uh, later in the day, talking injury report. Injury report is going to be huge with so many guys already on the list. You know, we'll learn more later today when when San Francisco comes out with in- its injury report because Green Bay's injury report is like everyone's good. All fifty three guys on the roster practiced in some capacity on Wednesday. We expect that to be the case on Thursday as well. So it's much more about who's going to play for San Francisco. And I, I think almost it almost doesn't matter. I mean, if everyone can go, all the guys that are on their list, you know, it makes you think, okay, well, that's going to be closer. It's going to be tougher. Obviously, I don't want to make it seem like San Francisco sucks. No, they're a really good team. I just like the matchup because of the way quarterback versus defense with the offensive line in there. The offensive line is a buffer between the defense and the quarterback. Green Bay has the better offensive line. San Francisco has the better pass rush, but it's not by much. Green Bay, by the way, a better pressure rate than San Francisco by a lot. And the the matchup, defensive line versus offensive line, it's, it's more or less a draw for the Packers when they're on offense. But for the San Francisco 49ers when they're on offense, Green Bay has the advantage. And Packers defensive backs and, and turnover creation against Jimmy G, Green Bay has the advantage because Jimmy G is a turnover-prone quarterback and Green Bay is a turnover defense. On the other side, Rodgers is not a turnover-prone quarterback and San Francisco relies on turnovers defensively. So I just, I, I think the only matchup that matters is quarterback against the defense. And so I think Green Bay has the advantage on both sides and that just, that main means they're the favorite to win the game to me. That's how I feel. We'll find out. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be an instant classic. And, I, you know, it certainly will go a long way in deciding who the favorite is in the NFC, playoff seating, all of that stuff. So a lot to get to tomorrow when we do our live show. Be sure to check that out. Anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Thank you.